down here in South Florida for the last 10 years and I've been focused on vintage motorcycles um, up until just recently when we took on the Janus line. We do custom builds here, service, we'll do anything from a nut and bolt restoration to an oil change. Mm -hmm. um, but it's got to be a cool machine and um, that, that's always what we're after over here. Welcome to the Janus Motorcycles podcast. Our kind of motorcycling is different from what you see from big brands and big bikes. We manufacture classic, simple, small displacement motorcycles because that's what we like to ride. And we're not alone. On this podcast, we talk with some of the smartest and most interesting people we know in motorcycling, design, and manufacturing. We're glad you're here. Uh, well, welcome everybody. Uh, we are here with David Plotkin. Uh, he is the owner operator of burn up company in west palm beach florida and uh he is our uh first dealership in the in the country um and we're really excited to have him on here uh we admire him a lot for the work that he's done in west palm beach in creating an awesome motorcycle community and uh fostering a uh really awesome and authentic uh kind of base of what it means to ride and uh you know people that enjoy motorcycles and vintage motorcycles and cars and uh so welcome and uh, i'll let you <laughs> i'll let you uh, kind of introduce Thank yourself you. too that's my my best sure. stab at it but <laughs> i'm sure you have a uh, yeah absolutely yeah yeah we've been um down here in south florida for the last 10 years and i've been focused on vintage motorcycles um up until just recently when we took on the janice line um we do custom builds here, service. We'll do anything from a nut and bolt restoration to an oil change, mm -hmm. um, but it's gotta be a cool machine. And um, that, that's always what we're after over here. And as time goes on, I, I kind of brought in my uh, timeline as far as what motorcycles to collect and what motorcycles to work on. And nice. as time goes on, I'm kind of learning more more about the 80s and 90s stuff that really appeals to me mm -hmm. um but uh yeah since taking on janice it's it's really been an eye-opener you know it's one of those things that it's cool to be able to combine all of the properties of an antique motorcycle with um with the reliability of a new motorcycle yep uh you got it um what is the uh what's your um <clears throat> Uh, what's the right way to say it? What's the, uh, do you have a, uh, uh, rubric for how you, uh, decide whether or not, a, um, you know, you only work on cool machines. What does cool machine mean to you? Well, um, generally it's carbureted. Yep. Um, I'd say 99% of the motorcycles we've ever worked on were carbureted, which is somewhat of a lost art these days. Most shops don't seem to want to touch anything with a carburetor on it. Um, low production. Uh, I like anything that's unique, something you're not seeing every day and becoming desensitized to. Mm -hmm. And, um, something that's handmade, you know, something that somebody saw the whole way through the manufacturing process, you know, so it's something that you really, you can tell somebody had their own eyes and hands on it. It wasn't just some machine assembling it running it down the line that's great <laughs> now i understand what, why what uh, like here <laughs> yeah i understand why you're interested in carrying janus at that point in time <laughs> yeah sure yeah. 
Um, what, uh, you know, we, uh, if, uh, you're watching this out there wide world. Uh, if you have not watched the, uh, moto vlog that we did with David, Brent and David took an awesome trip around West Palm beach, but I will ask you to kind of do a, a quick tour around the history of, uh, burn up, how you got started. You moved in from kind of the upper East coast, uh, you know, Metro area moved down to West Palm beach. Uh, and what's the, what's the short version of how burn up started and what was kind of the seed or the the inspiration to start it yeah um hobby gone wild long story <laughs> short um yeah. you know it's like most of us you know you get one motorcycle and you get bit by the bug and it's um it can be a slippery slope from there mm -hmm. um but you know when i got my first bike and started wrenching on it and started learning all the cool facets of all of things associated with motorcycles i i was immediately drawn to it and wanted to make a career out of it just didn't know how so kept pursuing it with what i knew how to do you know finding the bikes customizing bikes selling the parts that i wasn't using mm -hmm. to hopefully fund the next one why, um, why did you, was, david why did you know how to do that well uh i didn't uh i learned along the way um <laughs> i guess you could say uh early youtube mechanic mm -hmm. of you know, it was one of those things I, I knew how to turn a screw and um, I figured, look, if, if I can find some information on how to do it, I'll, I'll figure it out. And starting with inexpensive motorcycles was kind of my fail safe. Hey, how 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 bad can it get? You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> when you start with something that's only, you know, a few hundred bucks rusting away in somebody's backyard, you're you're a lot more confident to, to start taking things apart. And that eventually progressed into to much nicer and nicer machines and, of course, evolved into a full service business. But um, self-taught uh, combined with support of friends and mm -hmm. it's a lifelong learning thing. You know, I don't get to wrench as anywhere near as much as I used to, but, um, you know, constantly learning from my team, my techs. Um, and what these guys bring to the table, there's not a day that goes by that I don't go into the shop and learn something, something new about one of these bikes. Isn't that awesome when you have a dream team together and it's like, uh, you know, you just feels like, uh, you reach this critical mass and, you know, you're all become, you all become smarter than the sum of your parts. And, uh, it's pretty, we have a similar team here, so I, I can imagine what it feels like to be hanging out with people that know a lot of really awesome stuff. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, yeah. What are, what are some of your favorite, you know, what's, what have been some of the high points of some of the projects you've worked on at Burn Up? Uh, building the Burn One Sky Cycle. Um, <laughs> that was, that was a, a, mm -hmm. quite a crowning moment for us. Um, just to be able to pull that off. Um, that was a huge effort by a lot of different, really talented and creative individuals and friends of, of mine all coming together to make that happen. Um, Describe that and, for folks. Describe that bike. That is pretty amazing. Yeah, that is, um, it started with a fuel tank from an F-86 Sabre fighter plane <laughs> I bought on eBay one night, just totally on a whim. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> yeah. And uh, picked that up on the other side of the state the next morning. And hung it in the rafters. I didn't know what I was going to do with it or what I was going to fit it to, but I knew I wanted to do some sort of Bonneville salt flat, you know, top speed mm -hmm. type 
look with it, but I couldn't exactly find the right motorcycle to fit inside the bodywork. So we kind of shelved it for a little while and then found a vintage dragster front end for it about a year or two after buying the body. And that's when it really started coming together. And that's when we had the idea that we can put steering on the front and still have a motorcycle chassis and engine on the rear. So it became a three-wheeler at that point. And we hit the ground running. We worked with an old dragster builder who made the frame um, and helped us with the body work. And my team took on the electrical and all the mechanical. And we brought in our, our metal polisher to polish the, the body to a mirror finish and our mm-hmm. local pinstriper to do all the paint on it. And it was, it was, it was a real group effort. All that stemmed from an idea my best friend had one day on a road trip. So um, <laughs> it was just one of those things that was a lot of fun and to see it coming to fruition was, was, was pretty amazing. That's awesome. Uh, what's, uh, you know, what's the, uh, build that made you, uh, you know, is there any, uh, any, uh, that you can share on a, on a podcast? What's the, like, what's the, uh, one that made you stomach drop, you know, it's like, Oh, I gotta do this. I mean, we gotta either fix this or, you know, kind of a terrifying, uh, situation to find yourself in. Um, you know, fortunately, I don't think there's one oh shit moment um, that really was was out of control. But, you know, with any custom builds, there's always always something that pops up along the way when you're doing something one of one. And, you know, there's no roadmap and nobody's yep. done it before. Sometimes you get to that point in the project where you say, oh, shit, you know, this this isn't going to work. Um, you know, and, and of course, you know, you got to go back to the drawing board, but, um, fortunately we haven't had any, uh, any issues that came up that really, that couldn't be resolved or rethought, but I'd say with every single custom build, there's, Mm -hmm. there's at least one point in the build where it's like, uh, oh, everything we thought was, that was going to work with this is, it has to be rethought. Um, We've been, uh, kind of reminding ourselves and the team here that, uh, just because it's hard doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> Sometimes that, that means you're doing the right thing is that you're leaning into the, what's uh, the challenging parts of it. it means you're doing something yeah. nobody else has or somebody won't, won't do. Um, and you chalk it up to R and D, you yeah. know, I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's part of figuring it out. And it's like anything. And then when you do the next one, you take what you learned from that and you adapt it and you apply it. Mm-hmm. So I got to visit, uh, Almost a month ago, doesn't seem like that long. Uh, got to visit Burnup, and I just kind of wanted to paint a picture for folks of what it's like to show up there. Uh, it's on this kind of a what industrial road, maybe used to be an industrial area in West Palm Beach. Uh, beautiful old warehouse. Garage door is open. You walk in, and it's this big expanse of not just motorcycles, but interesting motorcycles uh, arranged um, with all kinds of ephemera, uh, different bikes up on the walls, um, the sky cycle right there as you walk in. And what you have a couple of maybe half a dozen actual mechanics bays off to the right, customer bikes, custom bikes, your, your bikes out front. Um, it's kind of a, Oh, you got a, what is it? Isle of Man, uh, 
what is it? Manx TT. Um, yeah. Arcades, uh, video yeah. game that my daughters loved. <laughs> it's really a neat environment and it's just very welcoming. Um, and you do, as you've mentioned, custom bikes there, repair work. Um, yeah, it's, I'm trying to paint just kind of a, a, a picture in words for folks that are just listening to that will just be listening to this. Um, and then what? A lot of BMWs. Certainly there's a, that seems like a theme for you. Yeah. Uh, and then you maybe yeah. the 60s and uh, 70s, you mentioned BMW 90s. In here. What's, what's, what, yeah. what about those bikes do you like? I like the simplicity of BMWs. Um, the build quality is incredible. Um, the tolerances are very tight. So working on them is, is a real joy. You know, you go from working on a 1970s BMW to a 1970s British motorcycle. And it's like, what the heck happened here? <laughs> it's night and day. Um, I like the fact that there's a lot of unification on those bikes from the seventies to the mid nineties, you know, so much of that stuff crosses over. So, um, it gives you a, a lot of flexibility on what you can do with those bikes and there's a lot of part support for those bikes. So um, you combine that with them being really hot in the market right now, there's a lot of, lot of opportunity to go a lot of different directions with those bikes, whether you like to restore them, custom build, or you know, do something in between. We have a lot of customers, they wanna keep it true to the period appearance and don't want it to look outlandishly custom, um, but also don't mind making it more reliable, adding creature comforts, you know, small styling cues that make it their own. Well, that's really, that's really, have you ever run into uh, needing to do work on an older bikes? Like the, for us, that's a, a vintage bike is even eighties. Yeah. <laughs> what about like older than the fifties? Do you ever get anything interesting in like that? Yeah. Yeah. We got um, a 1930 AJS not too long ago uh, with exposed valves, tank shift. Oh, wow. I mean, really, really antiquated. And we had that thing fired up in less than 30 minutes and we're going down the road with it. And it was surprisingly quick. You would think it would be yep. a glorified bicycle. And for a little 350, that thing really, really took off. <laughs> uh, we've got a lot of World War II stuff in here. Um, a lot of which we ride around on the street, um, which is pretty cool. So, you know, taking history and putting it back into motion is a lot of fun too, especially when it's something that was built for a total utilitarian purpose. And now we're out enjoying it over here on our yeah. roads and on our days off. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, with your, you know, you said you do repair work and customization. Um, what does that look like? Is it kind of the classic uh, customer finds you commissions a build or do you build bikes just, on a whim, like what you want, or how does, how does that work? Um, a lot of the time a customer will come in with a vision, um, either with a bike they already have, or they'll buy a bike from us. I'd say that's probably around 50, 50. I try to have bikes here in the shop for people to, to start their build with. Um, and, um, we go through the process and we do it completely, you know, a la carte, we figure out, you know, what the customer's budget is as far as cost and time. And that really allows us to guide them into the direction of where they can, they can allocate their budget to get what they really want. Um, so for some people, you know, 
comfort and reliability are paramount and others it's, Hey, I just need to get it to the, to the bike night once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on, you know, what their, their goals are, we can tailor the bike build to them and, and their specific needs and wants. And are, are, is it a pretty diverse crowd or are these people that are pretty um, uh, motorcyclists new, pretty diverse crowd. Yeah. We've got, we've got some, some people in here who are first time riders um, and pretty much are looking for some, some rolling art. Um, and then you've got people who are, you know, seasoned vets and been doing this, you know, for 60 years. And now they want to do kind of like their final and, and last project and want to give it their all there. Um, and anything in between really, um, which is, sure. which is what I love about uh, what we do. Yeah. That's the beauty of doing a custom place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure they're all different, but is there anything that you would say sets, a burn up custom build apart from somebody else? Uh, functionality. You know, we always, we always consider functionality. Um, every build we do, every bike we finish, we, we put down the road. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of motorcycles are done more on the premise of just art and not being rideable, but you know, mm-hmm. our customers like to ride their bikes and that's how you kind of keep them, keep them alive. So I think that's a huge part um, of when we design a bike, we, we, we always keep function in mind. <laughs> Any kind of design aesthetic that you're going for with all of them, or is it completely, like you say, a la carte for the customer? Yeah. Each one is different. Um, you know, much like Janice, we're trying to do more blending the old with the new, um, mm-hmm. trying to find modern components that, um, kind of hark back to the older designs and have some design cues from, from older components, um, inherently in their design. Um, but, um, you know, each bike is unique. Um, we don't mind, you know, departing from original design whatsoever. Um, and just kind of pushing the limit of what you can do with these, um, you know, whether it be, crafting a custom gas tank or putting a suicide shift on um, and, and just doing things that you're, you're not seeing other builders do with these bikes. That's, that's, that's what, what we're working on now. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And this is not a place that people that, you know, you're only, if you're a motorcycle expert, you show up and talk to you. It seems like you kind of want it. It's got an aesthetic that you want people to just show up and hang out and, maybe learn something too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, a a lifelong learning experience. There's so many different aspects of, of motorcycles and their history that you could really get, get lost in it and and pick and choose your own segment and sect if you want. Um, And there's a lot of history that comes with them. So, you know, sharing that history with people, explaining to them, you know, why this motorcycle is significant outside of just being a motorcycle, um, whether it's related to gas crisis or a war or, you know, technological advancements, you know, and that kind of ties into, to a broader, a broader historical topic, which, which always fascinates me. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm getting at there is that like, if you're interested in motorcycles, if you're, uh, if you just want to check them out, your shop is a great place to just hang out. Um, you know, you can walk in the door, you can learn a little bit. Like, 
David's saying about I me. Mean, it's almost like a museum. You've got they're, they're even organized by yeah, yeah. <laughs> different different themes. Uh, the, the World War II section. Um, yeah. You can go there, hang out, uh, maybe buy some merchandise. He's got an awesome little um, little shop with t-shirts and helmets and apparel stuff like that. Um, and then sit down, you know, learn about some bikes, just have a good time, enjoy yourself. And then there's also some uh, some Janices to check out yeah. over in the corner as well. We've got um, them on display front and center. <laughs> so if you're you still talking about the awesome shop, sorry, I had to yeah. run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to get our wheels trued. Yeah. So yes. um, they, uh, we have tentatively, or uh, at least a working title for our podcast is called Why We Ride. And uh, we've talked about building a lot and our shops and, you know, kind of the, the wrenching aspect of it why why do you ride what's the what's the story you know i was just thinking about that this morning <laughs> thinking about that question mm-hmm. and i think it's a, it's a comp for me it's a combination of speed and that doesn't mean going 100 miles per hour that means mm-hmm. just going faster than man has known how to move for for so many thousands of years until, you know, we developed the wheel and developed the internal combustion engine, made all these steps towards pushing ourselves faster and faster. So I think that the sens- the, the physical sensation of it there is, is extremely redeeming. And I think there's also a psychological component to um, the freedom of it. You know, the fact that you are just kind of balanced and moving through uninhibited um especially riding through a city um is when i really really feel liberated um you know i always had in my mind like oh i'd never want to ride in the city too congested and on a motorcycle it feels the opposite it's like man i'm really glad i'm not in a car right now (laughs) so so you know there's an exciting component to it as as well as just um an overall liberating and and a very um streamlined component to riding a motorcycle yeah Yeah. we talk about feeling fast a lot here rather than you know it's uh fast is a feeling richard says and it's true uh um and uh the sense of kind of having the uh it really is uh kyle one of our builders brought up he's he said it's like you know it's you know he he's a serial collector of honda small displacement hondas he has a storage unit full of them and he just said it's like kind of like the the cowboy ideal it's the american west uh on a motor it's like the sense of self-sufficiency and freedom and agency that you like are able to pilot your horse through the world <laughs> or yeah. you know, 14 horse engine or 30 horse or hundred horse, whatever. Um, I think that is what speaks to a lot of people. It's not necessarily the, uh, there is an aspect of it. That's like, you know, some machines out there are like getting into a spaceship or a fighter, <laughs> a fighter jet, like your yeah. uh, uh, machine. But there's another aspect of it that uh, kind of, uh, inspires what we do at Janus. It's more like getting on a horse. <laughs> it's like more of a, a striking out on your own 
uh, and there's a wonderful ways to experience both, um, but it is kind of different, uh, maybe different schools of thought or a different kind of uh, angles on the same uh, object. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's, it's fun to hear people say that. And we, we always talk about that sense of the uh, freedom and liberation that just come, everybody does it, rides a motorcycle. You know, there's a reason why we call cars cages because of that. Um, I don't know. What, what are you, what are you laughing at Richard? <laughs> oh, nothing. Just like, yeah, I love hearing people talk about it. Cause there's a lot of different ways of yeah of describing it. I love what you're saying, David, about the fact that it, it's about speed, but it doesn't necessarily mean to be your, uh, it's about speed isn't necessarily something that's defined by, uh, um, miles per hour. <laughs> like the motorcycle experience doesn't necessarily get more intense at, uh, um, 150 miles an hour it may be more dangerous <laughs> but uh sometimes right. 55 is an amazing speed and you feel yeah. fast so for sure for sure it's all relative you know what would be your what's your dream bike david and what would be like what, what's the like uh pie in the sky like what would be your i mean that in one for you to build like what would be what's like what would you love to do what would be like if uh you know Warren Buffett came to you. I'm just, I don't, you know, some random person out there in the universe that was either famous or not famous and said, here, I have this blank and I want you to make a blank out of it. What would it, what would it be? I've really been fascinated with taking really early chassis, like a, almost a board tracker style, like a bicycle chassis and making a board tracker e-bike. That's been my latest mm -hmm kind of passion um we're work currently we're fortunate enough to be working with one of our clients who bought an old honda 175 from us and decided he wanted to go all electric with it but still keep all the, the vintage touches mm -hmm. um and that like has been completely in alignment with what i'm trying to do um with an old board tracker you know i, I looked into to doing it about a year or so ago and, uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of stopped short because availability of parts, mm -hmm. it's really hard to find bicycle frames right now and bicycle components of any sort to start with. Um, so I've kind of shelved that idea for now, but that's, that's, I think what's really been looming in my mind for the last year or two. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is interesting. Um, so we've, uh, we've started using, uh, Chad as a delivery uh, guy for our bikes. And I think we, did we hear about him through you? Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chad Mowry. Yeah. How, how long yeah. have you been working with him? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, let's see. I found Chad probably about five years ago. Um, I think I just came across him on U ship, you know, back when I was still vetting shippers and trying to find a guy who went in each direction, mm -hmm. trying to build a portfolio of people I could count on. Um, I went through a lot of U ship shippers and a lot of weirdos, um, and a lot of unreliable people until I found, found my guys. And he was, he's one of my guys He just shows up when he says he will and takes his time and takes good care of everything. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you're dealing with this stuff, it's like, there's, there's no room for error, especially with these antiques where, you know, you, you damage something, you might not be able to, to get the replacement. So yeah um it's really important to me to, to have a shipper that's that's gonna put the extra care out and and take take 
take that extra moment just to make sure everything is, is secure and safe. It's quite, he's quite, quite the uh, experience when he pulls up. Uh, <laughs> so, so just to, for a little context, Chad is an amazing uh, the motorcycle delivery specialist who we've started, we've heard about through David and started using uh, probably in the last six months, Grant, mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Um, and he has this wonderful uh, rig. It's almost like Mad Max is showing up at your uh, location and he loads everything up and it's, it's always the, the, the trailer is full of frames of interesting bikes, uh, maybe some, some, something that's being, maybe it's been, it looks like it left in a swamp uh, and then another <laughs> bike that's like mint condition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all the little, the Janices go in on little racks and we've had nothing but rave reviews from our customers who've gotten a bike delivered by him. So it's uh that's it definitely great. it deepens the uh, the Janus experience, and I'm sure yeah. your customers, cool. David, are uh, appreciate that. Awesome. <laughs> kind of eclectic. <laughs> well, I'm glad glad they're in good hands. <laughs> you have any questions for us, David? What do you want to What do you want to find out about Janus? What's new over there? What What's getting you guys excited in house? I know you're finally getting caught up with your 450 production yep. and, and rolling out a lot of that. What's What's yep. shaking in in your wheelhouse? That's uh, that's the big thing in front of our nose right now. It's getting yeah. 450s out. We've got about 120 orders of 450s to fulfill, uh, which is awesome. Uh, I mean, it's great to know what you're doing for the next six months, uh, and uh, um. It's been uh, fun to see uh, the team come together to figure out uh, interesting solutions to things. It's been uh, really fun to see that kind of that the optimism and the uh, excitement uh, start to kind of bubble up a little bit uh, more intensely when, uh, you know, Ryan's building bike number 35 today or something, you know, so just uh, we had uh, one of our all-time favorite customers uh, Tim, who was the first guy to kind of, kind of get a burner saddle. And he took his 250 all the way to dead horse, Alaska, without telling anybody. He's just like, he called us and said, Hey, I'm in dead horse. And I need a, another Real. mirror and a shift, uh, shift <laughs> lever or something. Cause I dumped it in a pothole or something. Uh, and we're like, wait, you're in here. Where are you? <laughs> um, but he came and picked up his 450 and he said, I was here not a year ago. And you guys, it was just a dream. <laughs> he said, you had one prototype and now I'm picking up my bike. Like, you know, I said, I wish I could bottle that and, you know, take a little, <laughs> a little swig yeah. every morning. Uh, and it's right. fun to see kind of the, the flywheel start to spin on 450 production. And it's just, uh, it's fun to think of, to start thinking about the possibilities of where we'd go with that and some of the interesting partnerships and people that we can get on, you know, uh, riders out there in the world that we can uh, partner with. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody's got to get down to very uh, jealous for anybody that's been down to West Palm beach yet. And I want to have everybody in the shop, get down and, you know, experience the bikes and coffee with you all, or, you know, just a Saturday hangout, uh, especially in the winter months. It's, it's wonderful to see the photos, but it's, uh, uh, so it's fun to uh, start dreaming about what's, uh, what's possible with that. And uh, I don't know, that's, what's getting me excited. Uh, Start to see some of that, uh, some of that horizon. So what about you, Richard? Oh, we've got a lot of new faces here. Yeah. It's kind of exciting. We've got um, kind of expanding our fabrication wing, looking forward to bringing more of the uh, more of the 450 and possibly the 250 line 
um, gradually, uh, uh, responsibly in-house uh, from some of our external vendors. So that's been fun to, fun and stressful to, we've got, we got people coming in. Actually, we have a guy, a, a chassis welder coming in to start work this afternoon. So it'll be fun to get gradually get people trained up. We've got some new faces, even in our uh, HQ coming in, mm-hmm. several. Uh, so that's been exciting um, just to see the team Evolve expand. and grow and yeah. yeah we had, a, we had a, a, a company meeting, I don't know, was it two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, wow, this is really uh, turning into something big. Yeah. <laughs> to see everybody there. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it's, I feel like we've, I don't know, last year was, was a, was difficult. It was, it was challenging just with all the delays and everything like that. And I feel like this year we're really setting ourselves up for growth and um, exciting new things. So Good. part of that, big part of that's the getting the 450 out. Yeah, really. And now you guys are really in that groove and have that momentum. I bet it feels like all systems go. Yep. Yeah. Working on it. (laughs) Yeah. On a certain level, it's, uh, we're still, you know, Richard is, uh, providing manual. You're like, you're working on every single 450 that leaves the shop, Richard, which is pretty awesome in one sense. Everything from, uh, inspecting and stamping the 450 chassis to, uh, test riding them and swapping mm-hmm. out wheels and yep. <laughs> just all, all the yep. little bits. Yep. That's not going to fly for a thousand of them, but it's really great to have that for the first 50 or more. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, well, it's, it's uh, like, like on the 250, the, uh, it took us a while to figure the bike out. You know, you, you, we did it. We just did a, a video on the, um, engine on the 450 and we've, you know, we've been working on it for probably now, several three years and you, you think you know everything about the bike the history of the engine the chassis you're working with you've worked on it for two years in a row but you, it takes time to um familiarize yourself with a bike uh with a model um and obviously we know them better than probably anybody but every day you're learning a little oh okay wet sump uh you know this is how you properly check the oil or you know and, and a lot of it you're going back and looking at what did Honda do on this or what did, what is, what, what is, what is the, the history here? So mm-hmm. the 250, right. it's taken us a lot, while, but we really yeah. feel like we, <laughs> yeah. we have a good understanding of that bike and it's, it's pretty easy to diagnose an issue or, or basically send it at the door without test riding it. Every bike goes on a rolling road, but you know where all the rattles might be with the 450. <laughs> But we're still we're still uh, familiarizing ourselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know how that process goes. <laughs> well, that's very cool, guys. I'm so excited because you know I've been following Janice for for the last five years about, and it's just really cool to see you guys grow and more. You know, get just get more and more notoriety, and you know everybody that comes in here they they stop the Janices and ask mm-hmm. questions and you know, they're, they're really admirable. And I think it's great what you guys are doing for, for motorcycles. I think it's great what you're doing for American made products and industry. Um, and I think it's great what you're doing for both modern bikes and antique bikes. You're really, you know, across pollination for, for, for both sectors. Um, so it's, so it's really great to see that. And it's why you guys have always had my support. Well, I really appreciate hearing that David. 
Uh, and if you'd only open up a burn up in maybe like five other locations, we'll have them. <laughs> <laughs> working on it. Burn up working is, I mean, it's a, uh, I mean, there's other great uh, world famous uh, locations out there, you know, Ace Cafe and stuff, but you, know, you guys are in the, in the thick of it for, you know, the amount enough. of community and, you know, what you've kind of fostered and have grown there is really cool. And I'm just looking from afar. I haven't, I've never been on the ground there, uh, but everybody that <laughs> I've had experience it is doing awesome. So, uh, so we're really uh, glad to be uh, counted among your number. So thanks for joining us, David. It's been, it's been a pleasure and uh, uh, here's to many more uh, awesome experiences together, more in person, more rides together. That would be great. Nice. Good awesome. talking, David. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yep. Likewise. Have a great Wednesday. <laughs>